You know, I'm so fired up about what God's doing, seeing people come to Christ, seeing the church and the community loving and reaching others. Even in the midst of the summer, it seems like we've had a lot of challenges, but you've been stepping up to the plate, and I'm so proud of you for that. And I started a couple weeks ago talking to you uh, about growth because God said 2019 is a year of supernatural advancement through what? Growth, through, through clarity, growth, and vitality. And man, we've really, anybody got any clarity this year for your life? Amen. So we're seeing that. And now, a couple weeks ago, I moved us into that growth mode. And I really see the first principle to that is for you to realize if you're going to truly grow in Christ is to have faith. And what I'm doing is really challenging you in your faith. But I've been laying a foundation. And in laying that foundation, what I've been sharing with you is that you and I need to come to a place to where we realize who we're in a fight with, right? We got to realize who we are battling. So we all have tensions in the lives we lived, but that's not nearly as much tension as you have in the life unlived. And what I want you to tap into is the next realm, the next arena, more than the life you've lived or you even think you might live, but tap into the unlived life, what God designed you to be, who God designed you to be, who he created you to be. And I share with you that the purpose is in our life is determined by God. He puts it in our heart, but we're the ones that makes the plans. Proverbs 16, 9 says, in their hearts, human plans are course. Why? Because out of the heart, out of the abundance of the heart is where the mouth speaks, right? Through the tongue, we speak life and death. So we're the ones speaking life and death over our situation, over our circumstances, over our future, and even what's going on in our current conditions. And we're the ones that also have to imagine and have a vision for what can be. And I think so many Christians are just trying to live day to day, week to week, month to month, and never truly tapping into that future hope, which is more than a future hope, which is a reality. If we can see it, we can have it. Look, your neighbor say, if I can see it, I can have it. So it says, in their hearts, humans plan their course, but, everybody say but, the Lord establishes their steps. So our steps are ordained by God. That means that they come under his direction, under his covering. And when we're in his will and in his plan, there's blessing waiting on us in every step. Now, as we've been talking about the past couple weeks, that don't mean you won't have some troubles. That don't mean you won't have some fights. That mean you, doesn't mean you won't have some wrestling matches. What's that mean? If you're having a wrestling match, where are you as far as the plan of God? In the right spot, right? Because right? isn't that what we've been talking about in Matthew 16? That the gates of hell, Jesus said, upon this rock, Peter, upon this rock, Peter, I will build my church. And what? The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. But right before it said, and I will give you the keys to the kingdom. Everybody say the keys. The keys to the kingdom that whatsoever you, what? Bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. And what's he saying there? He's saying that I have given you keys, access points of my power and my authority. God has delegated his authority to you and I. I gave you a little illustration last week about authority, and we got some retired police officers and some other police officers in here and so on. And you guys understand that when you're out there holding your hand up to stop traffic or to control traffic, if a car blows by, all you got to do, you don't have to run around, just take their license plate number, and where are they going to show up at if they don't get put in jail without showing up in front of a judge? 
And if, you, if a person sits there and tries to explain to that judge, I don't know who that police officer was. He had no right to hold his hand up and tell me to stop. I was busy. I was late, and I went on. And the judge says, oh, yes, he does have authority. He has the same authority that's invested in me, and I have the same authority that's been invested by our state, and our state has the same investment of authority by our nation, and our nation operates by a constitution, and that means his authority is the same as the attorney general or the president or anyone else because it's been delegated through the chain and it has the same power. Oh, look out now. The Bible doesn't say you're just some kid hanging out on earth. It says you sons and daughters, right? Say, I'm a son, I'm a daughter. And the Bible says we are ambassadors for Christ. Well, see, you, what is an ambassador? They are a person who takes the full vested of authority of their nation, government laws, and they go into another country, and the, each country will give them a little street or block or, you know, a little section for whatever their, their building that they operate out of. That square, wherever that building is, is sovereign, and it's just like the land where they're from, and even the country can't attack it without attacking the whole nation. But an ambassador is there to go forth and represent their nation, their beliefs, their doctrines. And that's what you and I are. But we are representing. God has delegated his DNA to you and me. God has delegated his power to us. God has delegated his authority to us. God has delegated everything that we need to bring heaven to earth. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is not only near you, but what? In Luke's gospel, he said the kingdom of heaven is in you. He taught us how to pray and said, pray like this, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Where? On earth as it is in heaven. He has given you full authority as an ambassador, as an authority figure that you can release his attributes. You see, authority means you have the, 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 whatever it takes to speak a matter, but power is the attributes that bring it to pass. So we not only have received Christ and have come in as sons and daughters, but we have also received Christ's attributes. Yes. Think about that. Yes. It's one thing to know Christ, but it's another thing when he says, be thou made whole. Yes. It's one thing to, to say he's my Savior until he says, be free. Yes. Right? Yes. So we got to come to the place in God and realize that we not only have his authority, but we walk in his power. So whenever we talk about the keys and the access of the kingdom that you and I live in, what would the devil do with one of us that got the full revelation of our authority and our power? Because I could quote the scripture to you, speak, speak to that mountain and it shall be removed. That sounds crazy, right? I could say, speak, and those blind eyes was open. That, that sounds crazy. Speak those things that are what not, as though they were or are. You know, it doesn't sound so crazy when you walk in the vested power of God. You see, he doesn't see you as your frailties. Do you know 99.9% .9 of the people, doesn't matter if you're a preacher, an attorney, a doctor, a teacher, a mom, a dad, stay-at-home mom, dad, whatever, feel like we're, at times, sometimes we feel like we're a fraud. You ever feel like that? 
you know, in your weak moments, your bad moments, maybe I'll snap at Stephanie or something, or I'll do something stupid and I have to get lined up like the rest of you guys, and you just feel like a fraud, right? Well, I'm supposed to be anointed man of God, and I've been in an argument for two minutes with my wife, three minutes. <laughs> She's real good. It don't take long to get an argument over. She gets it over quick. She's the peacemaker. She's so sweet, I can't get mad over two or three minutes, and I got to repent. She just laughs because she knows I got to repent. <laughs> She's just like, <laughs> okay, 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 I get it, I get it. But we're blessed. We're, we don't have very many, we've never had a major argument since we've been married, I don't think. Maybe one or two that lasted six, eight hours, but that's about it. Over 25 years, that's not bad. Because she's good at straightening me out quick. You girls need to get a lesson from her. She can, she can straighten this guy out. She can do about anything. She probably walks on water, and I just haven't seen her. But, but you and I, just think if we could see ourselves the way Christ sees us. I mean, isn't this crazy? Jesus said, this, this isn't some crazy teacher, preacher, prophet. Jesus said in John 14, right? You. Who's that? That's us, right? Believers. What? You will not only do the works I have done. Wait a minute. It's one thing if he said, you might someday work up to do a few of my work. You will not only do the works. I mean, open blind eyes, cast out devils, raise the dead, heal the sick, save the lost. You will not only do the works I've done, but You shall do even. But see, that all seems out in the by and by, doesn't it? I mean, when you look at that, you go, well, you know, I'm still believing for my car payment. Hallelujah. I'm still believing to get my car fixed. Or I'm still believing for my marriage to get healed. Or whatever it is. We're believing for things, right? And so for us, we see ourselves in the fight and we lose faith. But see, the key, what I've been teaching you for the last two weeks, if you'll get this, just because you're in the fight means you're in the plan of God for your life. You see, see, you got to decide, am I attacking Satan or is Satan attacking me? You know gates are not offensive, they're defensive, right? Gates in campus and they let you in something that's fenced off or closed off, they're an access point. So the gates or the access points of hell shall not prevail against you. So you already have a word from God that the devil is going to lose if you'll just stand your ground. Now, the victory may not be the way you planned it to be. If I get time to get to the scripture I want to get to today, you'll see. But, but it'll be greater than you could ever imagine or hope for. So the gates of hell shall what? Not prevail against you. So when we begin to understand that, that whenever I... Whenever a gate opens, it's not that the gate came at me and beat me and opened up and imprisoned me. A gate means if a gate of hell shall not prevail against me, that means I have access and authority to kick it open. But then it means I have ownership of what's inside. That's why the scripture says to keep Satan where? Under your feet. The reason he's supposed to be under your feet, you're supposed to be the one running and doing the attacking, and then what he has in his possession is under your feet, and it's yours, and you need to claim it. You see, when he jumps in and attacks your body, when he jumps in and robs you of your finances, when he jumps in and starts messing up your relationships, he's a claim jumper, a claim jumper. He's out of his realm of authority. 
But if someone doesn't call a claim jumper to the courts to get justice, the claim jumper just lives on what is not theirs. You see, we have the great court of heaven. The Bible says Jesus is our advocate standing in the throne room of God. Satan goes to and fro accusing the brethren, accusing us, right? And a lot of times, most time, what he's accusing of, or every time if his mouth moves, he's lying, he's a liar. And therefore, when he's accusing us, Jesus, if we will access and bring, you know, if, if a claim jumper shows up to court and you don't, then your story doesn't get heard. You're not represented. You got to be, have a represent, you got to represent yourself to be represented. Some of us, when a wrestling match starts, we hide. We don't show up to the fight. See, the Bible didn't just say have faith. It says have faith. The only way you can, only way you can please God is to have faith, Hebrews 11, right? But, but what else does it say? It says fight the good fight of So the only good fight you're ever in is the fight you win, amen? And what God said, I have made you my ambassadors walking in my dominion and authority and given you my power, my attributes, and how does that come to you? By faith. So therefore, when I'm in a fight, I'm in faith. Now, if you've ever been in a fight, sometimes you feel like you're losing, but you just keep pushing on through. And even if you win, you're wore out, tired. But that doesn't, doesn't mean you didn't win, right? I want you to realize, when you feel like you're a loser, Paul said, even in my weakness, I'm greater and stronger than I was without my weakness. I mean, how can the devil defeat you if you just show up? Just show up, man. You know, you know what giving your tithe and your offering is? It's showing up. You know what attending with the brethren and sisters in church, the Bible says, fail not to assemble yourselves together. There's a reason. That's showing up. You know why the Bible says serve, that every member is a minister? Every one of us are ministers in the gospel that are born again and blood-bought. We're ambassadors. And, and, and if we'll just come and serve doing anything, what are you doing? You're showing up. But see, we, we just get into a fight, and we haven't showed up anywhere. And we're getting our brains beat out because we haven't been properly trained and don't understand. And we don't have our posse, right? We don't have our backup group. You, you, you see, when you serve in a church, you got a posse. you got a backup group. What? They picked on him? I know him. He's the guy that greets me every Sunday. Devil, you can't have his kids. Oh, you picked on her? She visited my mom in the hospital. No way, devil. You're not attacking that. What? See, see that's when prayers go up for the saints. It's because you have a posse. You have a family. You have, you know, I, I grew up with 10 brothers and sisters now. Half of them are way older than me. So let's say about six of them were in, within my range when I was in school. And then when the Dalton kids were on the playground, we might be playing ball. But if we got in a fight with each other, nobody jumped in. Because they knew if they jumped in, the other six brothers and sisters would stop fighting and all of them would be on that one person. So I, I might tell my brother he's stupid, but you better not touch him. You better, girl, mm -mm. That's right. <laughs> I had my mom one time, a sister. This girl came up knocking on my door. I've been dating her like a month, sweet girl. But my mom thought she was an ex-girlfriend of one of my older brothers. And she's up there talking to me in the door. My mom, my sister pull in. My, my mom's like, hey, 
you little, oh, oh, she's a Christian. I'll grab that blonde hair. You better get away from my son. Get away. I'm like, Mom, no. get away from, get off my property. That girl's leaving. I'm like, Mom, no, no, no. She gets her, I'm just telling that little hussy. She, I don't want her in my house. I don't want her around. She's not around my mom. I said, Mom, who do you think that is? And she said the girl's name. I said, no, Mom. <laughs> Mom's like, oh, God, oh. I said, no. This is her name. Really? Yeah. That was Terry's girlfriend that you're so mad at. That was my new girlfriend for one month, but she'll probably never speak. If she does, she'll never visit this crazy family. So the devil's not only afraid of your posse, he's afraid to have a mistaken identity. You might think he done something to one of your kids. Everybody say greater. So we got to come to realization. realization. Greater is what he, where is he? In me, than he who is in my workplace. Than he who is in my neighborhood. Than he who is in this sickness. So what is at your access point? So when you're in a wrestling match, that means you kicked down the gates of hell. You've stepped into something that you're not a claim jumper of. You own it. Say, it's mine. So, so the, Bible, it, it, the Bible tells us that, uh, let's see, which one was it? I think it's Jacob. Or was it Jacob's? I think it's Jacob. And the, the wells had been all filled in, and he was going to take back land from his father. Was it Jacob? I think it's Jacob. We'll say Jacob, and you can correct me later. And then he began to prophesy and speak over those wells. See, I want you to realize you can speak over your well. Maybe your well is covered up. God can open up your wells for you. Because without wells, there's not water, there's not life. You can't farm, you can't do anything. And if there's a place in your life that's barren, that just means there's a revelation, a well that's stopped up. It's time, say it's time to dig some new wells. Say it's time to dig some new wells. And so when you dig those wells of revelation, that's what springs forth life to your vegetation, your fruit, and your body, and your family, and you can raise your family, and you can raise animals and have a business and all you, you, you just need revelation. You see, knowledge is only information without action. But knowledge becomes revelation when you put action to it. Faith without works is dead. And works without is dead. Why? Because works without faith is natural, not supernatural. And faith without works is not faith. But it takes you, James said, what well, you approve your faith by your serving or your working or your doing, right? Um, so I think we've come to the conclusion we're the ones doing attacking. Say, I'm the ones doing attacking, right? So let's jump over here to Ephesians 6 real quick. Verse 11 and 12 says, put on the whole, everybody say whole, armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Verse 12, for we wrestle what? We wrestle, uh, we wrestle not, everybody say not, against flesh and blood. So you get so angry at people, you should be angry at the enemy that's driving those people. You can fight flesh and blood and the devil's just laughing at you and he'll put another one up against you and another one up against you. That's why the Bible didn't say God will humble you. The Bible says for you to humble yourself. God's given you authority over what you think, what you say, what you do. 
And it's up to you to humble yourself and not be drawn into crazy warfare that don't mean. You, you guys out here posting stuff on Facebook, you just make half the people you know mad at you over nothing. Just, I guess you just had a bad day and want to tick everybody off. It's like, I'll show them, I'll tell them. And then next week, I don't know why anybody won't talk to me at work. You just ticked half of them off. Well, they just need to know the truth. Well, maybe they think you need to know the truth. Wouldn't it be better to find an opportunity to talk to them about it in person? So, so we do stuff, and then we're like, well, Lord, nobody loves me. Well, you, you fight in a fight that God didn't sanction. Matter of fact, you're like one that beats the air, Paul says. Your fight is one that beats the air because you have no faith. Because faith doesn't do stupid stuff. Faith's not foolish. Faith is a weapon. And that's how you fight a good fight is with faith. Everybody say, fight with faith. So that's what we refer to not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against rulers of, this, of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the, the evil in the day and done all to stand. So we talked about last week how important standing is, right? So it's important. A lot of times you get knocked down, great men and women, it, they don't get knocked down, they're, they're getting up. So every time they get hit, even though they bounce off the ground, they're still getting up. They're getting up. They're not down. Verse 16, it says, above all, say above all, take the shield of faith. So we see faith is that important weapon that quenches the fiery darts and so on, which will be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one. So when you jump in that gate, then he starts attacking you. And when he's attacking you while you're in that gate, the shield of faith is what gives you the operational power to push through and to conquer. Verse 17, and take the helmet of salvation. Everybody say helmet. And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now, I want to jump down and talk to you about verse 17, about the helmet of salvation. This is where I stopped last week, and I want to get into this with you for a few minutes. How much time? Yeah, I got a little time. So when it talks about it here in Ephesians 6, verses 17 and 18, it says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. Okay, the helmet of salvation. Now, what I want you to realize here, the Greek word for helmet is soterian. Soterian, S-O-T-E-R-I-A-N. Soterian. And it means this. It means the hope. Everybody say hope. It means the hope of salvation. So it's important when you begin to get in and study the Greek, which the New Testament's written in, the Hebrew of the Old Testament song. So it says, take the helmet or the hope. Everybody say hope. Take the hope of salvation. Hmm. What is a helmet? What does a helmet do? It guards your head. What's inside your head? Your brain. What does your brain do? Yeah, everything. It thinks. It's what controls your nervous system and your muscles, and all, your brain, right? So, in other words, your helmet protects your brain. Your brain determines what you think, what you believe, what you focus on. So, we know this. Where my focus goes, my energy flows. So, if I got any faith operating, it's going to operate because of what I'm focusing on. Now, if I'm focusing on fear, what kind of energy is going to flow? Fear, false evidence appearing real, the opposite of faith. So wherever I focus, that's what I release. What I see is what I really believe. 
And the key is when I get myself to see a matter different than I just had faith to turn it. Your breakthrough is not when you finally experience whatever it was you were believing for. Your breakthrough is when you make a decision, and the word decision means that there's no other options in the Latin. There is no. You've cast all options away. You've cut the boats. You've cut the ropes. You're going to the other side. A decision means you've dissected or you've cut any other options but one option. Say one option. So when you make the decision for your breakthrough, guess what? You just got your breakthrough. So we're waiting until something good happens to believe we got it when you really have it, when you believe it and you see it and you speak it. But faith with what outworks is, it's not faith, is it? So if I really believe it and see it, I'm going to put massive action to go after it. If I'm not even attempting to go after it, I haven't seen it yet. Okay. Doesn't mean you give up. You just keep getting the revelation until you see it. So the word helmet, soteria, means hope of salvation. Now, the Greek word for salvation means the salvation. The salvation means wholeness, preserved, uh, to be preserved. It means actually it's an arrowist tense in the Greek. It means being saved. You're just constantly being. doesn't mean you do things to get saved. It just means he's constantly making you whole and preserving you, making you whole and preserving you. It, it is where we get salvation, where we spend eternity with God. And it's not just when you get to heaven. You're already spending eternity with God right now. See, you're already spending eternity with God. It's not going to change when you're absent from the body and present with the Lord. If you're a Christian, the Lord's in you. And the hope of glory. Glory, doxa, manifested presence. So, so you're not going to heaven to get something. Heaven is in you. So if you would stop working to get to heaven and start applying your salvation and wholeness to things that matter on earth, now you start understanding Matthew 16, whatsoever I bind on earth is bound in heaven. Well, what he's saying is, man, whatever you bind out here is already one in here. Oh, come on now. So the helmet, helmet means hope, the hope of salvation. Salvation is salvation, eternity with God, wholeness, preservation. You've been saved, spirit, soul, and body. Jesus took it all on the cross in Isaiah 53. So let's look at 1 Thessalonians 5, 8. 1 Thessalonians 5, 8 says, but let us who are of the day be sober. What's that talking about? Having the right sobriety. You know how it is when you've been around somebody and they're not sober and everybody else is. Well, they're making a fool of themselves. You know, that's the way it is when you're a Christian and you're whining every, every time you run into another brother or sister about something because you always got something to whine about and they're sober. They're not living in fear. They're living in their identity in Christ. Doesn't mean that they don't want to hear you and help you, but it's hard to help a drunk. Yeah. Right? Well, I got to use the bathroom. Well, we'll, we'll go to the bathroom. All right, let me help you. Ah, I got this. <laughs> well, I need to get out of debt. Well, let me help you and teach you. I got this. I need healing in my body. Well, let me help you. Here's what, I got this. And then five minutes later, I don't got this, help me. 
It's hard to help a drunk, right? You either have to knock them out or put them somewhere where they can't hurt themselves or wait and wait till they're sober because you can't get through to, and so many believers live a drunk Christian life. They just don't have sobriety. They're dizzy. Let me help you if you're dizzy. Take your right hand, put it on the side of your chin and hold it there and that'll stop your head from spinning. There's a lot of spinning Christians. You, You just spin around, just pick one. Body, mind, finances, friends, relationships, marriage, cat, dog, church, work. It's just like spinning something and whatever it stops on in that second. Instead of being sober. Being sober knows I have a sound mind and I know who I am and whose I am. And I'm vigilant and ready to focus on what needs to be focused on. I asked you last week for that one thing you're believing for, God's going to honor it today. We're going to pray for it. But 95% of the people didn't know what one thing was. And I had to give you a minute to pray and try to decide what one thing is. So does that mean you're sober or not? If you're sober in sobriety of Christ, that means you have clarity because you've already been focused on what you need and what you're believing for, and you've released your faith toward it and your works toward it. There's nothing wrong with not being sober, right? Because we all find ourselves tipsy and out of whack. But the key is how quick can you get sober? And so you got to learn who to be around and how to operate in that to walk in the sobriety of Christ. So let's look at this. It says, but let us who are of the day sober, putting what? On the breastplate of faith and love. Everybody say, and love. Because you're really not walking in faith without love. That's a conjunction. Remember in 1 Corinthians 13, God said, Paul said, you've got to have these three things, faith, hope, and love. And the most important of these is love. So the big three is faith, hope, and love, right? So, so it says, put it on the breastplate of faith and love. What? And as a, say as a helmet, say as a helmet. Look at this, as a helmet, the hope of salvation. So what I want you to realize is the helmet is your hope of sobriety, your hope of clarity. That's why I taught the first five months on clarity. The hope of sobriety, the hope of clarity. Look at this now. So as a helmet, the hope what? Of salvation. So it's the what the hope of salvation is what keeps what your mind protected. When your mind is getting goofy and wild, you're worried about this and you're concerned about that and you're tore up over this, what gets you fixed quick? See, a lot of us, we're looking at faith. If I can just have faith, I can have all things. All things are possible. If I can just have faith, I can get my freedom. If I can just have faith, I can have my financial break. That's true. And we've taught for years, 20 years here around on faith. I've been in schools that train me in faith. I've walked with great men, some of the greatest men of God and women of God of faith. And, and I'm big in faith too. But there's times we forget the most important part. What's the most important part? If you don't have hope, you can't get to faith. Hmm. Remember I said there could be a well stopped up? What's the well? Some revelation that we're missing. Maybe you got a great revelation on faith. Guess what? Faith is not a fruit. Faith is a law. 
Gravity is not a fruit. Gravity is a law. If you walk off this 40-some foot tall building and don't have anything to protect you, guess what? You're going to find out the law of, right? So law, the law means it's not a fruit. So love is a fruit. Galatians 5 talks about the, the seven fruits of spirit. The seven fruits of spirit are what? Uh, faith, love, uh, uh, let's see, patience, faith, love. What are the seven? Are you, huh? What? Yeah, joy, peace, love, long-suffering, faith. And so I keep wanting to say hope because hope's not one of them. My mind's on That's why I normally can just quote it. But kindness, goodness, mercy, faith, hope, long-suffering, peace, joy. Maybe there's more than no, there's seven. But go look at it. It's in there. Thank you all. Appreciate it. Um, see, my posse jumped in to help me right there. See, that's my posse. So what does it do? So faith is a fruit of the Spirit, but hope is a fruit of your mind. Now let that sink in. I'll just take a drink of water and see if it really sinks in. Faith is the fruit of a Spirit. Faith is not of this world. Let me help you. Everything that is, stars, the solar system, the moon, the earth, the water, the chairs you're sitting on came from matter and material and elements made on this earth. Everything that is came from faith. God dreamed it, then he spoke it. He released faith to create that which was not. He had to think it in his mind and heart, and then out of the abundance of his heart, what? He spoke, and when his word went forth, Isaiah 55, God said, my word will perform the thing for which I sent it. God's word is a creative force, but it only activates from faith. Word, logos, some total of God's person, personality, purpose. Rhema, another, that's the action part. That's the part, the attributes of God, the power of God. So everything that is came from faith. So if I want to walk in the spirit of faith, that's the creative force. To, uh, Second Corinthians says, see those things that are not and call them as though they are, right? All things are possible to them that yeah. Jesus said, if you do not doubt in your heart and, and have faith, right, and speak to that mountain, it shall what? Be removed. So, so what I want you to realize, faith is a vehicle of God. Faith is a creative force. Everything that is made, Hebrews 11.3 said, was made through the word of God, which was released through faith. So faith is a law. Now, here's the thing I want you to learn about a law. A law can work for you or against you. You're walking outside to go to your car today. The law of gravity is working for you. If you walk off the top of the building, the law of gravity is working against you. Because you're walking out towards your car, we know that if it wasn't gravity, you just float off into the atmosphere forever and never be seen again. Right? But 
Think about this, how words are spirits. Scientists has even proved that when you speak a word, make a sound, speak a word, it goes out into the solar system forever and ever and ever. That word is out there somewhere. Think about it right now, the power of words and vision. In this room right now, if you had a television and you had a receiver, you could pick up movies, commercials, television shows, radio stations. It's all around you in the unseen and you can only access it if you have the right receiver. You telling me words are a fruit or a spirit? Now there's only the word, the Logos. In the beginning was the word, the word was God, and the word was God, John 1, right? I don't want to get so deep, I get stuck here. Is this helping you? So, so what I want you to realize is, where was I before I got on all that deep stuff, huh? Faith is a law. See how quick she settles things for me? Faith is a law. But hope is a fruit, and it's a fruit of your mind. So the law of faith can work for you or against you. You have those things which you believe. So if I believe I'm going to be broke like my parents when I'm old, I'll be broke. I'll find a way to make myself broke. If I believe I'm going to die with, with, with the disease that my parents or my uncles died with, then I'll find a way that I'll keep speaking it long enough that I'll manifest it in my body. You ever been coaching someone, you want to win some kind of game or championship, and they're over there talking, oh, we don't have a chance. Oh, Lord, coach, will you shut up, stop. You're coaching, we call it coaching them up, right? We try to coach them up, try and get their confidence. That's what faith is. It's your party. It, it, it comes from the confidence. It's not confidence. It's when you settle it. Hope is confidence. You're trying to give them some hope so they'll release their faith. Whew, that's good stuff right there. That's hot, preacher. So, so, so when we look at this, it says, says, put it on the breastplate of faith and love and as a, as a helmet to protect the fruit of your mind, put on the helmet or the hope of salvation. Now, the word hope in the Greek, Greek language is elpis, elpis, E-L-P-I-S, elpis. Everybody say elpis. See, you just said Greek today. So, so elpis means to have a confident expectation. To have confident expectation. You see, you can only be disappointed if you don't meet or measure what you expect. You know, you can go into your house and it can be kind of messy, but it's way better than it was before you left and it supersedes your expectation. But let an OCD person come in your house and it can be perfect in your eyes and it still don't meet their expectation. You can't be disappointed unless you under unless you don't reach the, the target of what you expect. If you don't expect much, it don't take much to please yourself. I, you know what my standard for health is? What I'm doing right now. Now I'm working on it, trying to make it better, but the way I look and the, the, the energy I have and the weight I am is my standard. You ever had somebody try to put a standard on you way higher than you have, but definitely way higher than they have? Right? Sean, you got to stop running around those bad friends. Ooh, I'm dizzy. I got a little, reach me that bourbon. Or I just, uh... You got somebody trying to coach you up on standards they don't live. 
See, see, I look today to some total decisions I've made. I, I feel with the energy, whatever I put in my body is what's going to give me energy. You drive according to what your standard is. Well, my standard is that over there. Well, no, that's what you drive. That's what your standard is. But I'm working on this other stuff. Well, where you live, that's what your standard is. Quiet in the Holy Ghost house. I'm not saying it's bad. There's not one standard. The main thing is the person that's got it made is a person that can drive an old beat up car and not look that great and all that. You know, they might go to heaven early and broke and somebody have to pay for their funeral. But hey, they ain't got any worries. But if your standard is more than that, then you need to know where you're at right now. Because wherever you are right now is your standard. I can't raise my standard until I know my standard. But so many times we lie to ourselves what we see and what we hear and what we know about ourselves, and we'll project that on someone else. So what is hope? Hope is confident expectation. So I could use the word faith to some, and it means one thing. And they'll put if, but, could, nuts in front of it. And I can say faith to someone else, and they're like feeling guilty because they know what faith is. Or someone else, they're excited because they're living in faith. Right? We're all living in faith at some aspect. It's either a good faith or a bad faith. Because the law of faith will work. If you believe you're going to always be late for your payment, your house payment every month, you will be. You'll come up for the last day and spend something and go, well, I can take care of that next month. You will find a way by faith to live the standard you live. If you're always late, you'll be late. Steph and I battle that. You know, so I put myself with her, because I'm bad too. I'll plan and I'll say, well, I'm gonna leave 30 minutes early. Well, I got time now. <laughs> and I'm always two or three minutes late, five minutes. This frustrates me, but until I get sick and tired of being sick and tired, it's not gonna change. Because I always look and got one more thing I normally wouldn't have time to do and it shouldn't take long and it always takes a couple minutes longer and I'm a couple minutes late. And then I'm upset, and I have to calm myself down before I get worried, and I'm rushing, and I'm there, and I walk in, and I'm like, I don't respect people that are late, and I'm late every time, every time, two or three minutes. And if I am early, it's so weird. I'm like, it's, I'm uncomfortable. I'm, what do I do? I'm early. Does it make being late right? No, it's disrespectful to the people you're meeting with. Even if they're late, it's still disrespectful on your part. But, but see, I get what I expect. That's right. Faith works positively or negatively. So we get what we believe and what we expect. Uh, so it is the hope of salvation that what? Keeps my mind protected. And then it's the elpis, hope. Elpis means to have confident expectation. Look at Jeremiah 29, 11. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and what? A hope. To give you a future and a hope. God knows you can't walk in faith if you don't have hope. So hope is what? Well, look at Psalm 42, 5. I want you to, I'll say this first. Hope is what? A product of my soul. You are a spirit, intuition, communion, conscious of God. You are a soul, mind, will, and emotions. Your soul is your decision-making resources, and it lives in a tabernacle called your body, which is flesh, blood, and bone. 
So Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 5, I pray for your W-H-O-L-E, whole, spirit, soul, and body, that it be found blameless in that day, the day you come before God. So we are not a, tri, a, a dual, we are a tripart. We are a spirit made in the image and likeness of God. We have a soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions, your decision-making resources, that lives in a body. Now, settle that. Hope is what? A product of my mind. A product of my soul. It's not a law, it's a fruit. And the kind of fruitful mind I'm going to have, I can either have a spoiled fruit mind or a healthy fruit mind. I can have the kind of mind that other people want to feast on when they're around me, or I can have the kind of mind they stay away because it's spoiled thoughts, right? It's the fruit. Your fruit is what you choose to focus on. Now, look at me in Psalm 42, 5, and he amplified, and I'll prove it to you. It says, why are you, David, saying to himself, this is David talking to himself, why are you in despair, oh, my soul, oh, my mind, oh, my decision-making resources? And why have you become restless and disturbed within me? Hope in God and wait expectantly for him. Ooh, look at that. David's saying, tell his mind. He's telling himself, mind, why are you all troubled and messed up in me? And then he says, here's what you got to do. He's talking to himself. But he's talking good stuff. See, you're always talking to yourself. Probably the most negative person in your life is you. Well, if I had what she had, I could be that way. If I had what he had, I could do that. I mean, it never works out for me. It, even going into a matter, you've talked yourself out of it before you ever got there. Hope, he's saying to his mind, hope in God. Tell his mind, mind, hope in God. And wait expectantly for him. In other words, I expect him to show up. See, what if you look at the well, I don't see God. I guess I'll lose again. Say, well, he's coming. You better watch it. Damn, I'm, he's, he's right here with me. He's here. That's right. Then you start acting like he's there. That's Look out. Right? right? Says, says, hope in God and wait expectantly for him, for I shall again praise him. What? For the help of his presence. He said, I shall again. He's already expected. I'm going to have my breakthrough, and then I'm going to praise him for it. So, goofy mind, shut up. Stop telling me how bad everybody hate me and how I'm going to fail and how sick I am. I have an expectant hope. My God is present. He is here. He is my help in time of need. He is my shield. He is my buckler. He is my confidence. He is my provider. He is my Jehovah Jireh, my provider. He is Jehovah Rapha, my healer. He is Jehovah Nissi, my banner. He is my God, and I am whole. I mean, what's the devil going to do with you? Say, yeah, but preacher, that's lying. No, you're living in your faith, which is unhealthy faith. It's not lying. It's speaking those things that are not as though they are. So you got a choice in life. You can live by truth or facts. Yeah, the fact may be your body is ravaged with sickness. But the truth said, by his stripes you're healed. So you can, we, thank God for doctors. If it wasn't for doctors, we'd all be dead, Right? So we, we don't get negative with that, but boy, you start putting faith with it, yeah. right? So, so what we got to realize, guys, is faith. Faith, what kind of faith? You have faith that you'll be kind of healed, you'll be kind of healed. It's up to you. It matches our expectations. I'm going to read this one verse that I'm going to close that I'm going to get really heavy in this. I'll be teaching on this Monday through Friday if you want to get online, join us. Uh, for about 20 minutes every evening sometimes, so get on there. 
and it's recorded. You can get on there now. Here in a minute, they can put it up on the screen. If you're not part of the Bethel Harvest Church Faith Group book, we'll let you in. You just got to apply. It's, it's a closed group. Um, look at Hebrews 11, 1. Let's put that up in the Amplified, guys, and we'll hit this real quick, and then we'll pray. Amen. Hebrews 11, 1 in the Amplified says, everybody say now. Let me say it in King James. You leave that up here, but faith in the New King James is what? Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, right? That's what it is. So in the Amp, it says, now faith is the assurance, title, deed, confirmation of things. The title, deed, confirmation. So what I want you to realize is whatever you're believing for, when you have faith for it, it's like you already own the title to it. When you're believing for your home, it's not just that you owe on it, you're paying the owe down, but you got faith, you have the title, right? There's some things that you're still reaching, but you got the title in your possession and you're living just like it's yours, right? And it won't be long, it will be yours if you keep your faith up. It's the same thing with your health, your finances, family, whatever it is. Faith, it says, is the title deed, the confirmation of what? Things hope for. Now, wait a minute, what's hope again? what you confidently expect. You see, we got faith down, good and bad, it's a law, but when you begin to realize I can't initiate positive faith unless I confidently expect the right thing. See, if I confidently expect I'll have pain in my knee like I've had for five years, then I'll have pain. But even in the midst of pain, when I'm wrestling with the devil, when I say, by his stripes, I'm healed, and I step through that gate and say, I'm standing for my need to be healed, and if I'll stay after it and do what I need to do, if there's things I can do, if it just has to be a miracle and God replaces it or whatever, but if I'll stay after that thing, I'll get those things that are not as though they are. I can accelerate time and bring that into this. When you want a bone miracle... All you're really doing is accelerating time. I've seen it many times here in this church, done it many times around, had some of that done on me. We had that done on my son Pierce during getting ready to go into the district tournament when he broke his hand, had the x-ray. And I said, you just got to speak it, son. We were at a funeral and one of my sisters passed in Florida and they they took him and it showed the x-ray, broken hand, wrist, going in and shooting hand, everything. And he's going into his junior year, we're going around in the district. And I said, when you go, son, get in the car, just start speaking. Thank you. Start thanking God for a creative miracle and that your hand is healed. Your hand is healed. So when he goes back, he had a cast on his hand. And then they said, well, we'll go and send you to a specialist. So they sent him to a specialist while we were on our way to Florida for my sister's funeral. And then when, when he's there, I said, remember, all the way there, you speak that. So, so the uh, specialist said, well, let me look. They said, yeah, it shows it's got this fracture here, this break. I said, well, let me cut that cast off and let's, let's do it one more time and check it. Hmm. hmm. Who said that? I mean, they sure that's your x-ray? Because I'm looking at this. That's crack, broke. Well, this is not. Hmm. You don't need no cast, son. You'll be all right in a couple weeks. Just take care of it and do this and that. But it was broke. My son, at 16 years old, saw he had a broke hand and saw God heal it. And daddy didn't do it for him. I just gave him the confident expectation. And he played that tournament. And they won it. So, so what is it? It's confident expectation. Does it work every time? Every time you work it right, it does. 
Because the Bible said God is a God that shall not lie. And I'm telling you what God said, his word. So we have been trained so well in faith, but we get discouraged because we're applying faith without hope. I'm applying faith. That's when we say, well, they're just a mockingbird. They just talk that stupid faith talk and look at their life. It's a mess. Because they're not talking faith. Amen. You can't talk faith without confident expectation. That's right. Come on. So we don't need to work on our faith because we're getting what we believe. That's, that's big right there. I'm just telling you, if you will take ownership of where you're at, and you relate, well, if I was married to a different person, well, maybe if they was married to a different person, God bless them. But, but just saying, you know, until you take responsibility for where you are right now, you can't get to where you want to be. Just can't. There's just no way there. So, so you got to get your expectation right. You got to get your confident expectation right. Then you, faith is easy. The hope part's what's hard. Is, you imagine when you're believing for an organ to be healed or a child to be saved or a financial breakthrough, what if you were, you, you tell a kid you're going to take them to Disneyland and try to back out of it. It could be three nights. We're going to Disneyland 20 times a day. We're going to, honey, that's three months. I don't care. We know they're just not wanting you to forget. We're going to Disneyland. <laughs> All of a sudden finances get trashed. Oh, honey, we got, we're going to Disneyland. Yeah, but you, they're going to take daddy's car. We're going to Disneyland. But what if we lose our house? We're going we to live in an apartment. We're going to Disneyland. They don't care. They don't care if they come home and have to live out in the neighbor's trash dumpster. They're they going to Disneyland. What if you got that way about the salvation of your household? They're saved. Comes in drunk, stone, banger. He's saved. That teenager, mom, I hate you. Woo, hallelujah, you're saved, son. No, I'm not, I hate God. You're saved, you're blood bought. Hallelujah, he's saved. I show you I'm not saved. He's saved, hallelujah. I mean, what's the devil? He's just gonna say, forget that territory. Let's go over here and hold this other one down. This one's this one still don't have that hope thing down yet, right? Let's go over here. This territory's too hard. Let's take our troops and go over here somewhere. Right. Let's refortify this doubt and unbelief. Let's go to the doubt and unbelief family. We'll take a break and rest up and try to come back again at this crazy family over here. Yeah. He will come back. Yes. But the more you defeat him, the easier it is to yeah, defeat him. Right. And if, it, if he comes back, it's one of two things. It's on the verge of breaking through. Yeah. Or it's already broken through, and now you're going to get a multiplication of it. Say, confident expectation. So it says, now faith is assurance, title deed, confirmation of things. Whatever the thing is you're believing for, hope for, confidently expecting, and then it says divinely guaranteed. Divine, Theos, Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Godhead. It's Godhead guaranteed. Hallelujah. I mean, you already believed him for the hardest stuff. To give your life to Christ, you believe in a God you've never met, never seen, right? Accept him in your heart, and then you know he saved you, you feel him in your heart. You've done the hard part, everything else should be easy. 
says, guaranteed. And the evidence of what? Things not seen. But I just don't see that healing good. That's proof. The word evidence in the Greek language means uh, firm conviction or concrete. It's settled like concrete. It's settled. Firm conviction. Concrete. Guaranteed. The fact that I can't see it is proof that I have it. What are you going to do with a person like that? Yeah, but you don't know me. Woo, hallelujah, I know you are saved. Hallelujah, I know you are healed. You're going to live and not die. That's not what the doctor said. Hallelujah, I know you're going to. By his stripes, you were healed. I thank you that he healed. And after a while, that sick person is going to start believing. Maybe that crazy woman or that crazy man's got it. Maybe I am healed. If you can get them done, maybe you're on your way to a miracle. Because then they start changing the expectation I'm going to die to the expectation well, maybe I could live. But they're not going to get it if you just sit there, well, I just can't say anything. I'm a person of faith. <laughs> well, you're you just not uncovering the well. You're just going to let them die. says, divinely guaranteed and the evidence of things what not seen, the conviction of their reality. Wow. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. The reason faith can comprehend by fact or confirm by fact is because faith is a delegated attribute of the authority of God. It's the delegated attribute that he gave every child of God. Wow. Well, then I have no faith whether you're not born again because without faith, you can't be saved. I am saved by grace through faith. So you know you got faith. The greatest miracle that will ever happen to you happened. The rest of it's just bonus. You inherited a relationship with God forever. So I'm going to pick up right there next week. We're going to dive into this deep. But I'll be on Monday through Friday. So if you want to join the Facebook group, there's over 300 families on it right now. It's a private group. So join the Facebook group. You just simply search Bethel Harvest Church Group. Bethel Harvest Church Group. And when you apply, uh, someone will get on there and let you on.